Welcome back to another episode of In Enemy Territory. We have a great one for you today. Today, we're going to be talking about two of the greatest shortstops and players in MLB history. But before we go there, I want to talk about some of the highlights on this calendar day, September 30th. 1934, Babe Ruth would play his last game as a Yankee. He would go on to play one more season back in Boston, where he started his career, 1935. At the time he retired, after the 35 season, his numbers for Boston versus his numbers for for the Yankees uh, would look like this. Boston, three-time World Series champion. Babe Ruth hit 65, the first 65 homers of his career, where he would hit 714. 65 home runs. He was utilized mostly as a pitcher. He went 89 and 46 with a 219 ERA, 483 strikeouts. Now that is some great numbers. Uh, not to mention, uh, I talked about this in the second episode last season that during the pandemic of the Span- Spanish influenza, Babe Ruth actually pitched through Spanish flu en route to the Red Sox winning the World Series in 1918 over the Cubs. Um Following that World Series, he was sold to the Yankees, infamously, we all know. Um, He would go on to be a four-time World Series champion in New York and hit 659 home runs. Yes, they discovered the power he had at the plate. 659 homers to his 65 homers in Boston. That's basically 10 times as many. Um, He did pitch a few times. He went 5-0 with a 5.52 ERA and five strikeouts, so pitching was not his thing in New York. However, hitting was obviously one of the greatest careers of all time, and his tenure in New York was amazing, to say the least. Uh, He also was a league MVP once with the Yankees. So, yeah, 1934 on September 30th, Babe would appear in the Bronx Stripes for the last time. Joe DiMaggio's finals appearance in the MLB was on this day as well. Uh, He won nine World Series with the Yankees and three league MVPs. The craziest thing is Joe DiMaggio only played 13 seasons, nine World Series in 13 years. And he he went to a 10th World Series, nine and one in World Series play in 13 years of his career. That is unreal stuff. Oh, let's not forget his uh, 56-game hitting streak, which still stands the test of time quite easily to this day. Um, The only player in MLB history to win more World Series titles was his teammate Yogi Berra, who won 10 World Series. But Joe DiMaggio, obviously one one of the all-time greats, um, would play his last game September 30th. 1972 and 1992, 20 years apart on this day, Roberto Clemente and George Brett were each collect their 3,000th career hit. For Clemente, that was the end of his career. As we all know, he tragically died in a plane crash on his way to Nicaragua to help out uh, with the aftermath of a terrible earthquake that decimated the place, um, which would end his life, his MLB career. And yeah, tragic. That happened well before I was born, but uh, still obviously talked about as one of the greatest players, but not only players, um, really, really great human 
Selfless, and the Puerto Rican legend of Pittsburgh. His memory still lives on. George Brett, one of the all-time greats from Kansas City, would finish his career with 3,154 hits. We'll talk about that a little later. On this day in 2007, September 30th, Brett Favre passes Dan Marino with his 421st career touchdown pass for the all-time touchdown thrown record, which has been smashed since then um, by a few players. I think I've told on the podcast before the story of the little makeshift um, touchdown counter I made with an old notebook. And I still very clearly remember watching the game. I think it was Packers-Vikings. Very exciting for Favre, my all-time favorite player growing up, for him to take over the touchdown record. Um, Yeah, since then, I believe Brady, Breeze, Peyton Manning have passed him. Phillip Rivers is, I think, past 400. Aaron Rodgers is at about 397. So there's a lot of people are going to pass Marino. Favre already has been passed twice, but... The era of the touchdown throwers is definitely alive and doing well. Okay, today's birthdays. We've got Carlos Guillen. He was part of the trade for Randy Johnson in 1998. He is the first player in league history to up his batting average for six straight seasons. Um, in seeing this stat, I immediately went and checked out what happened to him following this six years of upping his average, and I was right in my hunch that, as a matter of fact, the following six seasons, his batting average declined, except one year he went up a couple, and but severely declined in the six years after that. So in his 12, 13-year career, it looked very much like an upside-down V in regard to his batting average. Um, My memories of Carlos Guillen was of the... Detroit Tigers that went to the World Series in 2006. My boy Pudge Rodriguez was the catcher on that team. And as teammates, they lost in five games to the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, Happy birthday also today, Jeremy Giambi, the less talented and less drugged up brother of the Giambi bros. Jason was the uh, former AL MVP and home run smasher. And now... This brings us to what I really wanted to talk about on the calendar, September 30th, 2001, just a few weeks after September 11th, Cal Ripken would play his last game in Yankee Stadium, Uh, one of the last games he would ever play. His last game in New York was a 15-inning tie between the Yankees and Orioles after 15 innings and the game being pretty much... Of no consequence, they decided to call it um, a tie. And they. Um, in this game, Cal Ripken went 0 for 7, and his counterpart, Derek Jeter, shortstop of the Yankees, went 0 for 5. So funny that in their last matchup, they went a combined 0 for 12, and nobody even won the game. But I wanted to talk about Cal Ripken. And Derek Jeter, two of maybe the greatest shortstops in MLB history that on this day faced each other for the final time. Um, Let's just, I would like to lay down some of the accolades for both of these players and we can compare them a little bit. 
and um, definitely two of the biggest names. I, as obviously the podcast listeners know, I'm from Pittsburgh, but not sure everyone knows that I actually I was born in Washington D.C. and lived in Maryland. Uh, moved to Pittsburgh the week I turned 12. So as much as a Pittsburgher I am, I do have roots in Maryland. I originally was an Orioles fan on paper. I, I wasn't really a big sports fan until we moved to Pittsburgh and got swept up in the Ben Roethlisberger, Sid Crosby, um, and the Pirates as well. Don't get me wrong. We weren't just uh, fan, Fairweather fans. We, uh, we rooted for the last place Pirates for many years. Um, however, I did start off as a humble Orioles fan and knowing only, you know, the greatness of Cal Ripken and maybe a couple other names like Mike Messina before he went to the Yankees and Larry Bigme and Sidney Ponson and BJ Serhoff. That's basically what I knew up until 2004. But anyway, Cal Ripken, obviously one of the greatest shortstops of all time, a two-time um, league MVP, 1983, which was his second year, and 1991. He was the Rookie of the Year in 82 for the Orioles. Won the World Series that year of 83, which he was the league MVP. He was a two-time All-Star MVP, having t- taken the trip to the All-Star game 19 times. And in 3,001 career games, he batted pretty good. Pretty solid, 276 with 431 homers and 3184 hits, which, as we mentioned George Brett earlier, he would eclipse him by 30 hits in his final year. He passed George Brett. Um, Derek Jeter, on the other hand, a long-time Yankee, shortstop. We all know, know, you know, looked upon as one of the greatest. Not so much for his glove, but um, Derek Jeter, Rookie of the Year, 1996, World Series MVP, five-time World Series champ, so already five-time World Series champ to Ripken's one. He was an All-Star MVP as well in his 14 trips to the All-Star game, and in 2,747 games, he batted a much, much better 310 with 260 homers, 3,465 hits, landing um, sixth all-time on on the hits list. Both of these shortstops, unbelievable careers. Um, The only time they ever faced off against each other in the playoffs was Jeter's rookie year. Um, The Yankees beat the Orioles in five games, and they went on to beat the Braves in the World Series. Um, Derek Jeter is commonly known as the playoff king of baseball. He had 200 career hits in the playoffs, 20 homers. Um, Junior only hit 37 hits and one homer. He didn't really make the playoffs too many times. Um, But Jeter was on the Yankees, and the Yankees were deep in the playoffs every year, especially in the 90s, which Jeter was, you know, made it to half half of those years, 96 through the end. But he was in the World Series basically every year for the first seven years. He would win his last World Series in 2009 with the the victory over the Phillies. And um, let's go back to talk about Ripken for a second. Obviously, Ripken's greatest accomplishment throughout his whole career was he played every single night. 2,632 career starts in a row 
before he missed his first start, which smashed the record by Lou Gehrig, which was 21:30. My dad claims, by the way, that he was at the game 21:32, which was in Cleveland. Now, I don't know if that is fact or fiction, but I know we have thousands of listeners, and hopefully someone will take the time to look it up for me, post in the comments maybe. Um if they played in Baltimore, if they played in Cleveland um, the day after he broke Lou Gehrig's record, as my dad puts it, the day the day he broke his own record, as he did several, several times. Um, but when you look at Kyle Ripken and you compare him to Derek Jeter, you really can break down the two players by almost very, almost unique, you know, unique advantages one over the other. Um, Ripken was... Um, known as a much more dependent fielder. I mean, Jeter was obviously known for the jump throw, but that didn't happen every night. It happened, and don't get me wrong, he was a great shortstop, but Ripken was very stable, and he he could smack homers, got on base, and was an amazing shortstop. At one point, he and his brother were second-base shortstop and were known for their great... Um, turn of the double play very defensively sound very reliable and consistent um on the other hand Derek Jeter very flashy um much more of a average hitter than a power hitter as Ripken um out homered him 431 to 260 he had 170 more homers um Jeter was much more of a get on base collect hits, score runs, and obviously show up in the playoffs. And, I mean, it's it's so hard to really say one is better than the other because they're both, to me, maybe even the two best shortstops of all time. But if I what I want to do is pick a better, you know, name name the best shortstop of all time. So now that I've given myself the challenge of doing that, I want to um, quote something which I also believe I've said before on the podcast, but Mario Lemieux once said um, after getting edged by Wayne Gretzky one year in the MVP race, even though Mario smacked him statistically that year, um, he said, uh, this is a quote, I wrote it down, hopefully it's, it's correct. He said, I don't care about awards that get voted on. I measure my success in scoring titles and championships. So, if we were to take the wise Mario Lemieux um, quote and put it into effect here to to see if we could crown a shortstop champion, to break it down, obviously, uh, scoring titles and championships. So championships, Jeter had the lead 5-1. to one. Um, But ultimately, especially in baseball, one player can't do it all. Obviously, in hockey, you can't win it by yourself. But I think we could all agree that of the four major sports, Baseball is by far the one sport you cannot win with one good player. Like basketball, it could, maybe it could happen, maybe it can't, whatever. Football, you've got a generational quarterback, you never know what might happen. And even hockey, you know, if you have a star player like Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky, Sidney Crosby, Joe Sackick, you could build a team around them. And with that guy in the lead, heading the team, captaining the team, you've got a shot, but obviously it's not the one player. But in baseball, there's nine different positions 
on defense. There's nine people in the batting order. There's pitchers. There's catchers. There's you can't have one. You know, you have one good pitcher, but he only plays once every five days. So championships, yes, Jeter did win five to one. He was on the Yankees, who have won twenty seven or twenty eight World Series, compared to Baltimore's like three or four. Um, and they've always had a team that put money down to build iconic legendary teams that went the distance and and continue to go the distance although right now happens to be i think the second longest stretch the yankees have ever gone without winning a world series 11 years and running but championships wise yes jeter smacked ripkin five to one but if we want to measure also by scoring titles which aren't voted on there's no such thing really as a scoring title in baseball but the stats we really focus on are um, batting average, RBIs, and homers. Average would go to Jeter, but RBIs and home runs went to Cal Ripken. So two out of the three would give to Ripken. Couple that with Ripken's statistical edge defensively and his reliability, and obviously the streak of 2,632 games straight. Even given Jeter's playoff success with the 200 hits, the five World Series, the World Series uh, MVP, um, being Mr. Yankee, and and just everything that Jeter brought with it, I think if I had to pick the better shortstop, the shortstop I would want if I, let's say, had to start a team, Ripken with the home runs and everything I just said, just just edges out. And don't get me wrong, I've actually adopted the Yankees as like my second team, just given how bad the Pirates are. And I spent a few years in New England and around a lot of Yankees fans and just kind of got caught up in it. And ever since then, it's kind of like a bad habit. I haven't been able to kick. I, uh, I'm i not emotionally tied with the Yanks, but I, I do like the Yankees. So, And I love Derek Jeter. I love Mariano Rivera. A lot of great players that went through the Yanks. And they're an exciting team. You know, everyone loves to hate them, but they really are one of the most exciting teams that ever that the, that there that there is. You know, my Pirates struggle mightily basically my entire life. Couple wild card births, but haven't done anything since probably the Roberto Clemente days, to be honest. So on this day in two thousand one. September 30th, we really saw the two, at least of our era, the two greatest shortstops face off for the last time. And to me, Cal Ripken Jr. really was the greatest shortstop um, of my lifetime. And with that, that's really all I've got. That's, uh, you know, I love to talk about those icons and the Basically, the two timeless superpowers of Ripken and Jeter. I could go on all day, but I will leave you there. And that's all I've got. Next week, we'll be back talking about two very different four-peats. Um, very excited about it. And that's it. You know where to follow the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast, or on Instagram at IETpodcast. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.